0: 2001 is a weird year to look back on. 19 years ago, I was still in middle school. My experience with tabletop RPGs was minimal at best, having played in one Dungeons & Dragons game and a small homemade game with my best friend at the time that had essentially evolved out of playing Spaceship from spare computer parts his dad had brought home. Anime was just becoming big on Toonami in the States. The World of Darkness game setting was still years from concluding, or even being introduced into my life. But somewhere out there was a game that I would almost a decade later come to fall in love with. That would lead to me and my wife dating. A game that has brought me some of the most fun and craziest stories I will keep telling, till I'm an old and tired man. I am of course speaking of Exalted. But what makes this game with its myriad of problems so appealing? Well, let's get into why you should play Exalted. Originally marketed as pre-World of Darkness, Exalted takes place on a flat earth called Creation. The gods' rule in heaven and man's lot in life is bleak, if not outright depressing. Where an uncaring empress rules from her throne at the center of the world, and woe to those civilizations that would cross her. At the edge of reality, warped beings of desire steal mortal souls. Ghosts slain in battle rise up and seek vengeance. Hell is an all-too-real, if-alien, plane of existence. And above it all, in a literal heaven... The gods that should be protecting the people play games of deceit and get mired in bureaucratic paperwork, while the few who could fix it all are trapped eternally in an ever-addicting, ever-evolving game. This game takes place in what is known as the Age of Sorrows. With how bleak and antagonistic the very world can be, it's no wonder that people lose hope and call out for champions to free them from this hell and try to bring back the wonders lost to them millennia past. This is where the players come in. The original supplement gave you only one option. To play the Solar Exalted, chosen champions of the unconquered sun, the king of the gods above. These champions are all powerful demigods taking ideas from myths like Hercules and Gilgamesh. Yet the world has a distinctly Eastern Asian-inspired aesthetic and draws heavily from both their own cultural mythos as well as anime. Imagine being an all-powerful being, and having the means to actually save the world from the brink of collapse. That what you do can and will have lasting effects on the world. It's an intoxicating idea for any fan of tabletop role-playing, to be able to be the absolute top of the food chain. And that's only the beginning. And these Solars were one of five different Exalt types that were promised in the start of 1st edition. When I was first introduced to Exalted, it went a little something like this as my best friend approached me and said, Hey man, you remember those World of Darkness games we used to play? Yeah, those were good times. Did you want to run a new campaign? I'm sure we can get the group back together. Nah, man, there's an even better game out there. It's called Exalted. At this point, I'm thinking, better than World of Darkness? A game that lets me indulge in all my edgy teenage bullshit and play a pretend vampire? Or maybe play a good guy, reality-bending wizard? No way. So I tell him, No way it's better than World of Darkness. No dude, it's by the same people, but it's like anime and stuff. At this point, my mind races. How could I contend with it being like anime and stuff? That stuff was like high art to me at the time. Passionate men yelling about drills and spaceships with robot arms and ninjas and martial arts. I start spitballing all these crazy things I've seen in anime at my friend who nods and deals with my word diarrhea and eventually he pulls out an entire backpack's worth of books and introduces me to Exalted. We spend hours going through the books as I start yelling out anime characters I basically worshipped at the time. And he found ways to do all of their things. And what's more, we found ways to even combine some of those ideas to make even more powerful anime super cool OCs. (sighs) Okay, I'm going to be honest, going through all of this nostalgia is making me realize how weird of a teenager I was. But that is beside the point entirely. What is important is that my Soulsteel Alchemical Sky Pirate Captain, with chain arms and an attack rate so fast he would give Goku a run for his money, was a perfect cinnamon bun set of dots on a character sheet. That was my first real interaction with Exalted. A quick and wacky campaign that gave us a sky ship and basically do whatever you want so long as you accomplish a few goals. I have fond memories of that campaign that mostly boil down to some truly extreme combats, and a tenuous grasp on the rules and the world. Was it enough to make me fall in love with the setting like I am now? Not in the least. But it was enough to make me go out and buy a few books of my own, and when I wasn't studying for tests, I would read through the books. Mostly making new, cooler characters than the last and saying how they were statistically unbeatable. That was admittedly a lot of the draw to tabletop RPGs in the early days for me. Power gaming and creating optimal builds. A lot of my actual attention at the time went to raiding in World of Warcraft. Certainly not the worst use of my time, but I've since found more healthy hobbies. Like podcasting. Eventually I dropped out of WoW, the same old things had grown boring to me, and I was getting the bug to run a tabletop game. And what game should I pick besides? World of Darkness. But we now had a tabletop group, and I needed time to write up sessions, so we would only run once every two weeks. To keep the pace going, my friend offered to run another Exalted game. This time I was less hesitant, and this time I actually picked up the book and started exploring the lore. And what a ride I was in for. In the simplest of terms, the world was made by primordial gods. Called with such originality, the primordials. They made the gods to serve them and run the world while they played with it and clean up their messes. And the gods made mortals in turn to kind of do the same thing. The gods, not happy with this turn of events, but unable to rebel against their own masters, took shards of their own divinity, and gave it to mortals. These become the exalted who rise up and kill the primordials. There are stories of absolute ridiculousness about this war, like how one exalted choked a primordial to death. Primordials, for the record, don't need to breathe. Mountains are being flung around, and it's really setting the scale for just what kind of a ride you're in for. Eventually, the war concludes with the mortals and gods beating the primordials and sentencing the living ones to a hell of their own making, while the gods take over heaven and leave the exalted in charge. However, before the primordials leave, they put a curse onto the exalted that makes them... let's just say unstable. Yeah, that seems like the right word. Anyway... All is good, and the Exalted bring about a golden age of wonder and technology, and it's pretty cool for a while, until that curse starts messing up their day. In the simplest of terms, the Soul Exalted start breaking down mentally, and seeing enemies in every corner of the world, and then start attacking their friends and loved ones. Huge disasters are left in their wake, until finally some of the other Exalted are sick of it. The Sidereal, or Fate Exalted, see that there are two choices get rid of the Solars, and maybe let the world continue on for another couple of millennia, or let them duke it out and have no idea when or if the world is just going to end. So they take the first option, setting up a big trap and killing most of the Solars and imprisoning them, and leaving for heaven, but leaving their elemental, imbued, dragon-blooded exalts in charge. This seems to be a theme for when people win a war. Hey, we did it, now let's leave the others in charge and fuck off to heaven. More centuries go by and things are basically stagnant, with a shogunate not unlike the Japanese feudal system popping up in place of the solar's global government. No new wonders are made, but the mortals are more or less happy. But this wasn't going to last. Remember how I mentioned that primordial that got choked to death? Well, they can't really die. They went to the cycle of reincarnation and basically clogged up the gears, becoming what are known as the Neverborn. Now there's a vast dead side reflection of the world, And when the Solars are so brutally murdered, they made powerful ghosts of themselves, which would become the Death Lords. Well, now, after hundreds of years of being upset and listening to these dead-ish primordials, they were ready to try and kill all of creation. With a plague, no less. This great contagion was released by the Dowager of Irreverent Vulgate in Unrent Veils. Wait, stop, stop. I should probably explain something about Exalted before I go forward. You see, most Exalted go by titles instead of actual names, given to them at the time of their Exaltation. Thus you can get things like what I just said, as well as Prince of Theft, Wayward Sun, and Black Ice Shadow, to name a few. It's an interesting concept that can lead to some inventive names, but also some just straight joke names. Anyway, so the Dowager releases this contagion, that kills with a 100% mortality rate. Not to be outsmarted, the First and Forsaken Lion, another Deathlord, invites the Fae Folk in to wrap up the job, thus starting the Balorian Crusade. Fae Folk steal souls and feed off emotions, and are just straight-up unrepentant Cthulhu-esque beings from the fringes of reality. They're chaos-given form. But because of this, the contagion's mortality rate went from everybody dies to some, maybe one in ten, developing an immunity to it. The whole crusade takes out most of creation, going from its formerly vast size, down to a tenth of what it used to be. Eventually, a young dragon-blooded activates an old solar weapon and, using the Sword of Creation, drives back the Fae. This person would eventually become the Scarlet Empress, one of, if not THE, the main antagonist for the Exalted World. With the Fae beaten and the Death Lords going back to the Underworld with their tails between their legs, however as I said, creation is MUCH smaller. For a sense of scale, even at a tenth of its original size, it's still easily larger than all of Earth. The island in the center, which on the Exalted map looks fairly small, is roughly the size of Russia. Scarlet Empress would rule for another 7 centuries and some change, before for unknown reasons, she one day disappeared. And roughly 5 years later, the prison of the Solar Exalted is broken, and they're free on creation once again. And this is where most games pick up. That is, only the most basic overview of Exalted history. Each major town has its own interpretation, its own history, and its own unique structure. Every major city is painstakingly fleshed out with its own major players from gods to exalts, and entire campaigns could be run in just one of these towns. I currently have an entire shelf filled with different towns and even planes of existence rule books, and how they have their own unique rules to go about things. Is all of this required reading? Certainly not. But if you do get into the game thanks to this little podcast and you find a town you like or want to know more about, just know that there are days worth of books and resources you can find on most things Exalted. However, let's get back to the real reason you're listening to this. It's all well and good that I've explained Exalted as a basic concept, but why should you play it? If I had to use one word to describe it, it would be exploration. What I mean by this, as I've seen in many exalted games, where each storyteller has a different take on the world. Even if you know look shy like the back of your hand, one GM's reading of it will be different from another's. But what won't be different is how you, the player, can affect the course of history for good or ill. Your demigods, whose stories will be sung to the heavens in praise or fear, depending on your intents and actions and you will see your actions having consequences, for good or ill. As the characters grow in essence and power, and collect friends and enemies along the way, they will invariably change the landscape of the game, whether politically, physically, or socially. As your legend grows, so too will the mortals that worship you as a hero, and you will be noticed by powers greater than you. Nations, gods, even at some point the primordials in hell itself might take notice of you. For good or for ill, you have changed the world. I know I've talked at length about these characters being gods and a lot of my focus has been on combat, but what I haven't mentioned yet is that characters who are intelligence or socially based can also do things of obscene power. Writing a scathing letter to insult your opponent at court and infusing it with a charm will cause even their friends to see them in a different light. Mastering lores not only allows you to be the smartest person in creation, but you can become so smart that you have precognition and can change how the world works. Like calling down a meteor strike onto a village that insulted you. Magical materials becoming hard to find? Go out into the chaos where the fey live and create new things, even entire continents, from the untapped energies out there. Want to go have a talk with the people who imprisoned you and decided to go off to heaven? We've got you covered. There's an entire book just for that. Did you want to make deals with the literal devils? How much of your soul are you willing to part with? On Let the Good Dice Roll, we talked for 30 plus hours about just one campaign. And the majority of that, I want to say 19 or so episodes, was just the group exploring one area of the game. Changing the political climate from something that hated and would kill a solar into something that actually wanted them around, to help make the world a better place. But let me share with you now a story that is near and dear to my heart. A game about pirates and their wacky adventures. Back in 2010 and into 2011, as I mentioned before, I was running a World of Darkness game every other week. And my friend decided to take off weeks for Exalted. It was a smaller, closer-knit group that consisted of myself playing a thief with an abysmal intelligence score and a martial art that was the equivalent of a drunken master, and my wife playing a black market fence, and other friends making up the rest of this pirate crew. We had high seas adventures, stealing from rich nations, getting money to help pay off the captain's debt, and exploring uncharted islands. Some had temples to ancient solar gods, while others were more land of the lost inhabited by dinosaurs. It was some of the most fun I've had playing a game in my career as a player, and the rich environments and mysteries really got me hooked into the lore of this game. The way each and every action, whether small or grand, gained us infamy as the best pirates in the west became more and more noticeable with every job we finished. Finally, at the end, we paid the debt and squared off against the final boss. We took our licks, some of us dying, and the captain taking a fatal blow. It's a moment that brought tears to my eyes as he wished my character and my wife best of luck with our relationship before the light faded from his eyes. I like to think that that was also my friend's way of saying that he approved of what at the time was a rather weirdly and friend-group-dividing relationship. It meant the world to me, and still does to this day. Despite all the hijinks and high-powered adventure, the game was still about people given incredible power that they could use for good or ill. And that's the crux of my opinion here. Other people, more well-informed than me, have given better explanations of the drama that has revolved around Exalted's varied versions. From firings of key project people, to work that went unpaid, and a myriad of other problems. No game development goes without its own problems. But I'm not here to talk about that, I'm here to tell you that Exalted is ultimately a game about people in a bad world, given powers beyond what we can imagine. Powers that can be used to save the world but it's also a game about building bonds and helping others. A game where you can see the world change before your very eyes. It's something that just wasn't offered back in those days. It's a game that can build emotional stories like the best anime, and unlike the world of darkness it originally sprung off of, in this game, you can bring about a glorious new dawn. And that's why you should play Exalted. Hi, guys. Brendan here. I'm going to just do this outro off the cuff here. Um, I really appreciate you guys listening to this. Um, It's an idea that I've had in my head uh, actually since before we started the uh, Let the Good Dice Roll podcast. Um, I was originally going to use that as a way to explain Exalted lore, uh, if you could believe it or not. But the project was just too big to really kind of... uh, work and I got a little bit discouraged so instead we gave you 30 hours worth of uh, <laughs> worth of uh, our Exalted campaign. The main reason I'm doing this is because uh, the girls decided to go and have a little uh, vacation with some friends so we didn't get to run special demons unit, uh, which is what we're going to be calling our Let the Good Dice Roll uh, retrospective thing on Demon the Fallen. Uh, look forward to that next week. I've got some big plans for it well not big plans but some fun stuff i hope you guys continue to enjoy this content and if you like what you heard tonight um give me a like comment let me know if you liked it if it if it helped convince you to even give exalted a second look like or even a first look like let me know i would love to hear that people are interested in this game um I really just kind of want to give a big shout out to, uh, my friend Joe, who's the person who got me into Exalted, uh, my old tabletop group, which included, uh, Christina, Joe, Devin, uh, John, Craig, uh, and Julia, and then eventually got Tony, Brit, and Maury all playing with us. Uh, I really appreciate you guys. We couldn't have started any of this without you all. Uh, I also wanted to give a shout-out to the Sponsored by Nobody podcast, who actually does a really good coverage of some of the problems that happened with Exalted 3rd Edition. Uh, They're also kind of my inspiration for starting this podcast. Uh, Give them a a follow. They're good people. Uh, They're really fun. Um, Yeah, I guess that's just going to be me signing off. hope y'all enjoyed uh look forward to us letting the good dice roll and hopefully getting some mage back once we can uh get out of this uh current quarantine situation bye